I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello! Listen, you smell something? What's that cook it down? Hello and welcome to the Mighty Motion Picture Rangers. I'm Shane. I'm Josh. I'm Chance, though. I was, for some reason, I was still in the habit of about to go. We're filming as a fan. We did that for it's, so long. It's been like, what, five, six weeks? A lot of weeks. It would have worked this day. So we could have gone, we're fostering this week. Oh, that, that would have been good. <laughs> um, this is the next installment in our underrated actors uh, uh, mm, ongoing series. Oh, question mark? Is that an ongoing series? It's an ongoing oh. Episode four, sub, sub, we'll sub series every, every uh, now and then. Comes um, and I thought we talk about my personal favorite underrated actor, uh, yeah. Ben Foster. Ben Foster, yes, who I've been a huge fan of since for, for a long time, actually. But um, as always, before we get into that, we ask, "What have you been watching?" And Chancellor, what have you been watching? Um, so this is actually something I watched a little while ago, but I forgot to bring it up at the time. I watched the Netflix original thriller Cam. Oh yeah, uh, I watched it because it was, it was one of. I had heard it was a good film, so I was like, oh, it might be one of the ones that are worthy for my top ten. I'll watch it. It's not. Definitely not. Uh, I've heard good things about <laughs> this. Also, you have as well. I realized I that it was that stupid fucking horror group that I'm part of that was saying it was good, and I'm no, like, oh, those guys have Peter no taste. Peter Gray didn't mind it. And- oh, I didn't mind it. It wasn't top ten worthy. The ending was, like, thematically I got what they were going for, but literally a lot of stuff just didn't make sense. Um, right. Yeah, Chanel hated it. No, she was right. like, why are we watching this? <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it was it was tense for the most part. And like the scariest things is the way the guys react. And, the, uh, and oh, some creepy, creepy guys. Um, like she goes to, so at the very start, it turns out this guy who was, at the start they say, oh, I work in IT. Um, <laughs> and it's one of the guys that she's camming with. He ends up moving to her hometown and she runs into him and she's like, oh, fuck, what are you doing? And he's like obsessed with her. Is it a Screen Life movie? Screen Life? So like Unfriended and or... No, 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 no. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, he, he rocks up and immediately I was like, he's a red herring. He's actually going to be like good because he works in IT so he can help out because he was the creepiest thing that happened right off the start. This was before mm. anything had kicked off any of the paranormal stuff. It kicked off. Uh and yeah, so like it comes to a point where she goes in to ask him for help. And then it turns out like he's been, he, he was able to notice when all of these, this stuff could happen, which is why he came to town, but not to help her. And then she walks in on him masturbating to the fake her and the camera. And it's like, and I'm like, what the fuck? What was the whole point of this tangent then to, to establish the fact that it's like, uh, computer computer ghosts i guess that do it computer ghosts that wanna so it's like unfriended yeah kind of <laughs> kind of in that in that sense also i don't understand what the inciting incident i think i get it and i'll explain it so you guys know what the movie's about at all a cam, cam girl girls. and then there's a replica of her replica yeah. yes so right before the re- replica pops up 
she's got like this whole rule. She's got like a bunch of rules. She won't uh, fuck any of the clients. She won't do something So she breaks else. all of the rules. And she won't fake an orgasm. And then... That's a terrible then business decision, considering well, her line of work. That's like the worst thing she well, can no, promise. Because, you know, she, she's, she's all, if she's going to orgasm, it's going to be real. And so they have this whole thing where, like, she, she wants to be in the top 50 cam girls, and she just makes it, and then she starts going down in cam girl, in, in followers. And it turns out there's another cam girl who's like, oh, I'm not a nude cam girl. But if you guys put in enough money, I'm going to... Uh, no, if, if, if you guys make her go down enough points, then I'll go nude. Um, and so she ends up just shutting it down. The girl doesn't go nude. And then to fight back, she ends up doing the Sibian challenge, which is... Sibian? Uh, it's this ride on vibrator, which is apparently it's going to burn her clitoris off. The amount of times they're like, you're going to lose all feeling in your clitoris. Oh my God. And I was like. Oh, so everyone was making this out to be a sophisticated horror. You were describing like hard exploitation mm. shit. It's totally exploitation. I don't see how anyone can see it any other way. Uh, but like thematically it was, it, 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 it was good, I guess. But uh, also there's a whole scene in a video store and I'm like, you're a Netflix original movie. You know, video stores don't exist. You're the reason <laughs> video stores don't exist. <laughs> Also, the fact that she burnt her clitoris off never came back. She I, actually I, burnt her clitoris she, off. Well, no, I don't know. It's like you're going to burn your clitoris off. And then I, uh, what I think happens, it's not entirely clear. I think she fakes an orgasm to stop the Sibian challenge. And maybe that's why the, 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 the replicant comes along. Maybe. Uh, but it's right after the, the, the Sibian challenge is the last thing she does before uh, the replicant comes along and all I know was she was going to burn a clitoris off using it. And that never it came with anything. Terrible. Yeah, anyway, what movie. else Definitely you watch? And, and the other big thing I watch is I watched uh, the remake of Stepford Wives again, which I haven't seen in about seven or eight years. I need to, I haven't watched either of them. I've literally got no. them to watch back to back. I feel like that's a good yeah, or a that, bad uh, idea. Oh yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. I wonder because <laughs> when I had watched the first one, I hadn't seen the original and I loved it. And I, I still loved it this time. I think Frank Oz is a really great filmmaker. Chanel loved it as well. So I'm like, yay, it's not just my bad taste. <laughs> um, you know the the different twist endings in each ones? No, don't spoil it. For okay, me. I won't say. Well, well, I know something about robots, but well, yeah. The 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 second the the remake goes. Everyone knows the twist in the first one. So from out of the bat, it's like, oh yeah, this is happening. By the way, this is happening, and, and a lot of people didn't like that. They're like, oh, but that was the twist in the first one, and it's like, yeah, but you know that that's like, like remaking Soylent Green. Soylent Green and being like, <laughs> yeah. I wonder what Soylent Green is. We know it's people. Although, have you seen there's a real life company called Soylent that? Do a product and you're just like, uh, and oh. it's, it's actually made of plankton, which is what they say it's made out of in uh, yeah. Soylent Green. So pretty funny, yikes. Um, but yeah, no, I, I really like Stefford Wives, and I think it's kind of it's kind of funny that it's more relevant right now. Yeah, <laughs> right now. Ooh, but yeah, uh, Nicole Kidman. I forget how good she can be. She's good in it. Matthew Broderick is Matthew Broderick every time. <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of him as an actor. I'm a huge fan of him as Matthew Broderick. Uh, Josh, what have you been watching? <laughs> so I watched How to Train Your Dragon free. The oh, world. I'm dying to see this. It I need to see was... it before the week is over. Um, with this film now, I believe this is a perfect animation trilogy. I, oh, cool. I was hysterically sobbing in the theater by the end of this movie. It was. Oh, wow. it, it hit me real hard, like surprisingly hard. <laughs> I never... I. 
just love the arc that all three films talk about. And I also watched the first two films before I saw it. So I think it hit me like all the themes and connected tissues between yeah. the films really hit me hard. I understand that there's also two television shows that I bridged the gap between the films yeah. as well. And apparently they're really good. But even if you take those away and you don't have all that, these three films are outstanding. Like outstanding. Okay, um, that's good to hear. And I won't mention anymore because you- Is were, it finished you, though? Like is it- it's finished. It's done. It's the okay, final movie. It's a, it's a closed off trilogy. Hope so. Yeah. No, they don't need any more. Like, honestly, <laughs> please don't. If you do it, I will murder whoever does it. Um, and I also rewatched um, the first two Terminator movies. Like, oh, kind of yeah. back Because, like, I love those movies. The first one's, like, to death. Um, first one's a great horror movie. I love it. Like, perfect slasher movie. And the second one's, a, like, one of the best action movies ever made. And that's what I've been watching. What about you? Um, a fair few things. I watched a movie called Carrie Pilby, which I mentioned on the podcast a couple of days ago. So this is the director of uh, To All the Boys I Loved Before. This is her first oh, cool. movie. It's not as good. Nathan Lane's in it, though, which I wasn't expecting. Oh. And he plays, like, this girl. So this is this really young girl, but she's super smart and brilliant at things, but really terrible socially. She's got a therapist, and Nathan Lane plays a therapist. And it's good you can see sort of the beginnings of susan johnson's penchant for really decisive visuals but it's not altogether there it's a little light on substance but i it was interesting enough i found some weirdly relatable things with carrie pilby um with the character just in terms of she's like uh she's very bookish and all that kind of stuff but i didn't love it but it's on netflix so you can watch that one um Uh, I binged season one and started on season two of a show called Difficult People, which has got Billy Eichner in it and Julie Klausner. Oh, Julie Klausner is a showrunner. It's just basically like two wannabe actors, performers, artists, comedians, and they're terrible people in New York. And it's 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 Billy <laughs> oh, Eichner. That, that yes, it's it's really fun. They've got and apparently for like three years prior to the thing breaking out, they were constantly making Kevin Spacey references about you know him being terrible and pedo and into young boys. So like, it was a really well-known fact to them and they kept going at it. Oh, really? Yeah. 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 Um, I binged all of friends from college season two <sighs> in a single sitting almost. Oh, I love that show. Season it's so great. Good. So it's great. just, and the whole thing centered on the wedding of Billy Eichner and Fred Savage. Mm, so <laughs> so I'm just like, God, it's, it's great. I love it. Um, and it's really good development from the stuff that happened in season one. And they take cool. it, they acknowledge the gap of time between seasons as part of story time as well, but they do it yes. really cleverly. They don't have the, but you've been gone for, which every TV show does. And they, they just, you actually have to sit and watch and pay attention and you fill the gaps yourself reading in between the lines. It's really clever that way. That's I awesome. love that cool. it treats you smart. Um, I want a season three of this so bad. Sorry. It's so good. You need to get on that show, Chanta, because it's amazing and between, it's shot really well. Between that and Love Sick. loves it. Between Friends of College and Love Sick, whoever needs How I Met Your Mother ever, they can fuck off yeah. and die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I watched a movie, and this is a very weird one, recommended to me by Zane, our producer. It was called Nine Dead Gay Guys. <laughs> uh, Sounds like a ride of a time. Tell me more. It's... It's Excellent. such a bizarre. I th- he recommended it to me because I'm like I'm going for like queer cinema that's not dour and sad all the time, and it's a very odd. It's it's a very train spotting, lock, stock, and two smoke and barrels thing, but about two guys who give blowjobs to the local gay, two Irish guys in London who give blowjobs to the local gay men, older gay men for money, and then a bunch of these older gay men keep rocking up dead. 
nine of them to be specific. Right. And it's like run with a narration. It's, <laughs> I appreciated that it was going for something really out there and different and slightly offensive, but in that like, not like, ah, oh, fuck the gay people. It's like a, it's just going for something that's not as stoic. It never really comes together at all. But that being said, I'm watching it and all I'm thinking, I'm like, this would be a really great film to remake. And you could do so much great stuff and you like fill it with like all the well-known gay actors and that kind of shit. Oh, when like was it Ian made? McKellen in there would be amazing. Oh. <laughs> when was it made? 2003, I okay. want to say. Yeah. Um, it looks a little cheap too is the other thing. that has mm. got like some bad titles and fonts and things like that. But I was, it's a very, it, it's a movie I didn't like, but I found equally as interesting at the same time, which sure. is, is kind of a difficult They're thing. They're the best films to remake. Get on it, yeah. Shane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So that's, that's what I've been watching. So Ben Foster. When did you first notice Ben Foster? In The Punisher. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Not honestly. really. That's that's. It's funny because with, with Ben Foster, I recognize he's so great because most of the films I've seen of him, like him in, are like kind of like the mediocre ones. Like the, like, and it's like, you know, the shitty like contraband ones and like all the ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's mainly those ones I've seen. I actually haven't seen Hell High Water yet, even though it's on really? like, Stan. It's on Stan. I really want to catch that one. Have you seen Hell High Water? No. Really? That is yeah. not one of the five Ben Foster movies I've seen. It's a good movie. I've heard, I've heard. So my list is like, hmm, I don't even know. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, See, I, I didn't notice him until X-Men. I remember him in X-Men 3. Yeah. He was. I definitely remember him in X-Men. <laughs> oh, yeah, that shirtless. shirtless. <laughs> Permanently Flying shirtless, around. like yeah. the whole movie. And he like got, apparently he had to get like, because he was, because he his part of it, we'll go into it a little bit, but he's, he's very in-depth as an actor into the process. Because he does meditation since he was four it, years old. Yeah, apparently. and um, yeah. He, uh, he was like, well, Warren Worthington is has avian sort of kind of thing. And so they basically have like zero body fat. And so he was like worked his butt off to have like zero mm. body fat and all that kind of thing for that role. Yeah. Um, I it was between that and for me, uh, Get Over It was the first movie. Yeah, I, 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 I thought movie. it would be Get Over It for you. I'm pretty sure I watched them around about the same time because I watched Get Over It when I joined the video store and when I joined the video store was also in the same year that X-Men 3 had come out. Mm. So they were about in the same so year. So you had a Ben Foster full year. Oh, I did. Um, <laughs> and it's weird because like Get Over It's so different from his later work as well. Yeah. I think to date mm. it's really his only like hard comedy. Um, but I also never sought out his films until recently because um, he was just always there. He was just always like, kept popping up. I'm like, oh, he's cool, he's cool, he's cool. And it's then very, and then I think... Very strong supporting actor. Yeah, a lot yeah, of yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I found him compelling every time. And it was only... I yeah. started only actively seeking out his stuff when I saw um, The Program, which was mm. his Lance Armstrong biopic. Mm. Right. Um, that was directed by the guy who directed Philomena, uh, of all <laughs> things. <laughs> it was a really weird movie. Um, uh, so what what is his performance style? What do you see as his performance style? And what is he known for? Um, like sort of like noticing, reading like some of his quotes and how he um gets into his process and and stars. Like he sort of really dives into, like he doesn't like to be too overly intellectual, technical about it. He just gets into the emotion and feel of the character. So yeah. he he's very much present. Yeah, and, and he's a very process. process I don't think heavy. he's a method actor. No, he's process. Like one of the things was he nearly blinded himself on a film because like he actually 
used eye drops to like dilate his eyes. So he always seems like he was on drugs all the time. And then like he literally had to like block out the sun and like close his eyes all the time. Oh shit. I was about so, to say, I was about to say, oh, you've done more research than yeah. I have. Cause I was like, he's not like a totally transformative performer in the vein of Day Lewis, but I don't no, think he is. No. Even though he's done like some of those methody he's things. He's done some of the methody things, but not the Jared Leto shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's very difficult to pin down too. Mm. Cause his roles are kind of all over the place. Very um, but he's also not like a, a John Malkovich and he doesn't always just play a version of himself. Yeah. No, he's he's somewhere in between in this sort of weird space. I, I think it's because his he has a very uh, not iconic, a, a very distinct face. Like, yeah, I, I see his face and I'm like, oh, because like when I've seen him in other things, I'm just like, oh, I know that face. I don't know why, but I know that face, <laughs> which is where I think it went so wrong with the ca- casting of Warcraft oh. is the fact that he looked like. Ben Foster. Ben Foster. In a movie that where it's meant to be like weird fantastical things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting, progressively over here his career, he started bigger and he's kind of moving more and more inwards mm. as a performer into these really internalized performances and more and more nuanced, I think. He's kind yeah. of that's why I really like him. He seems to only be getting better, and he, but he keeps growing as an actor at the same time too. It's not just like, oh, they started out because they didn't know how what they were doing. and they, He knew what he was doing from the get-go because Get Over It's a really strong performance. It's a really yeah. strong comedic physical performance. And so he started out great and he's being continually great but developing it as opposed to, you know, Daniel Day-Lewis was like, Daniel Day Lewis and he does great, but I've never seen. I didn't. It's not like a, you saw that Daniel Day Lewis and he's like, oh, he's really good. Oh, he's even better in this one. Like, yeah, no, it's not yeah. development. He's been doing the same he's, thing, even if not all of his choices in movies have been like the greatest scripts or anything. Like, he's always very choiceful with his characters because he always works um, to the best of his abilities, but also to the best of like him growing as an actor. So you can see that like over the progress of like he's like twenty plus years he's been working. Yeah, 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 and he's known for a lot of those more tortured guys yeah, kind of very. thing uh pandorum uh, which yeah. i haven't seen but oh um, that's one of the five that i have seen <laughs> uh the program which is lance armstrong mm-hmm. um that one's his i think his biggest deviation since get over it in that he's i mean it's an internalized kind of thing but he's he plays like a genuine asshole he doesn't like he doesn't sympathize yeah. Neil no. Armstrong at all. No. Um 360 is another interesting one, mm. which you need to see. It's on SBS on demand because it's one of those multi-plot movies. Anthony Hopkins is in this movie as well, and it's like a bunch of different stories over the place. And he, yep. and Ben Foster plays a recovering uh, uh sex uh criminal mm. uh, who's actually like actively trying to not rape people. <laughs> and, That's nice. Um Ooh, Rachel Wise. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's a really interesting movie on SBS On Demand and I highly encourage you to check it out. I got it on Blu-ray because I actually really liked it quite a lot. Yeah. Um, So what is it that he does that works in terms of him as an individual and in terms of his acting as a craft slash process? He never, well, immediately it's just like he never feels like he's doing it for a paycheck. He always feels present in his roles. He always does the work, does the craft. Like he's just, you know, you can tell, pick him out of the room or pick him out of a scene because he's so immediate and present and he, working for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And his full-blown commitment to roles mm. makes mm. it look easy. Mm. And especially because he's not doing roles that you would normally like. Like, for example, his role in, there was a movie called Hostages uh, with Bruce mm. Willis. Yeah. Uh, and I saw this one. Which was funny. Like the two ends of like trying as many yeah, as yeah, Bruce yeah. Willis. But yeah. um, and he's one of the villains. He's like the guy gets his family kidnapped and Bruce Willis has to like kill him and get the family back kind yeah. of thing. It's yeah. like Taken-esque. Yeah. Uh, and 
that's not a role that requires you to put that work in there. You could show up and say the lines and be serious and mm-hmm. it would work and no one would really have an issue, but he actually approaches every role with a tremendous amount of commitment. Mm. Um, he does make it seem really easy though. Yeah, yeah. And he does this by doing – so I was listening to an interview with him on oh, – is it Back to One? I think so there's a, an act, a podcast called Back to One mm-hmm. where a guy interviews actors and I found it because a guy interviewed Jim Cummings. Yeah. On it, and then I was like, oh, who else did he interview? Ben Foster, yes, please. <laughs> um, and he approaches his acting – in the same way a director approaches the filmmaking with the prep work, which I, that's what, cause when he was describing his process, I'm like, Oh, that's really good. But he doesn't do like wanky shit. So I, on um, leave no trace, which is sort of his movie from this year, but um, a movie this year where it's him, he's playing a dad with PTSD and an ex army person. And they're like kind of homeless living, mm-hmm. s- s- uh, surviving in the wilderness deliberately though. And, um, uh, the actress, the younger actress, she wanted to do this like breathing exercise, this semi-spiritual thing. And he was like, oh, that sounds like shit. I don't want to do that. But then the parents and, and all that, they talked through it and he, he went along with it and apparently really created that. Um, but he doesn't he doesn't do like the wanky stuff, but he just does a lot of prep work. He digs mm-hmm. deep. He reads the script. He makes all of his – he makes his notes like up – he says some actors, they read it and then they read it again and make notes. And he – straight up is doing notes and stuff from the get go. Yeah. which is, what do you do Chancellor when you, when you, I, I usually uh, read it the first time and usually the first time I'm just figuring out, you know, my inciting incident, my climax and my main turning points. And then from there after that, and I pick those points, I start delving in and figuring out, okay, what gets me to this point? What does this mean? Why would I But do you have that? like initial thoughts that, when you're reading, you're like, oh, that. And then if you don't write it down, then you come back and you're like, shit, what was that really cool idea? Do you ever No, I, I, I usually, if I, if I see it once, I'm going to see it every time. Oh, okay. I, I don't ever get it. Like there will be times where I'm like reading something, reading something, reading something, reading. Oh, wait, this time this has popped up. But then from there on in, I'll remember that thing that I've read about in the script. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool, cool. Um, and I know he does all of that work. So then he l- lets it all go on the day. And so he can be present yeah. like he yeah. is on the thing. Um, he sort of, you know, I've got it. He sits between transformative acting and playing himself acting, so it also makes it way easier to almost forget that he's Ben Foster, even mm. though he has a distinctive face. Yeah. Because you put up, you put up, um, get over it, X Men Three and uh, Punisher. Uh, Punisher. Oh, I haven't seen Punisher, so <laughs> that's one of the ones I haven't seen. Ah. Um, is it, who is he in Punisher? He's pretty much like a man child kind of like punk gamer. Type oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay, this is that's like a lot of piercings. Spacker Dave. Yeah. Spacker Dave. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. But he's not like a bad kid. He's actually like a friend of the part, like Frank and stuff in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I find what that, because the reason why that's more easier to believe them in a role is because when they're like the transformative actor, what I found is that, yes, they're transforming everything about them. But then you also know going into the movie, you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe Daniel Day-Lewis or, oh, my God, I can't believe Tilda Swinton did this. And you're almost distracted by the fact that you know it's a person doing a transformative role. Yeah. Mm. It, it, it's very – it's transformative, but it has to announce how transformative it is. Which is why I liked Gary Oldman for so, so long because he didn't do that until – And now he's doing it yeah. lately. Because um, he was transformative to a point that I never recognised. Yeah, uh, yeah. I find I – find, actually, an actor I think is very much like – uh, ben Foster is Paul Bettany. Yeah. Another short yeah. blonde haired guy, but um, <laughs> this time Paul Bettany does the same thing. He's like, he loses himself in a role, but he's not doing these giant transformative 
things, but he's not playing himself at the same time. It's mm. kind of this weird mix in between. Actually, that's that's probably my favorite style of acting, if I'm being honest here. Yeah. Um, I also think Ben Foster picks, for the most part, really great films, and he rarely goes for the showy role. No. He always goes for, like, the grounded mm-hmm. in terms of the story, within the realm of the movie, the grounded role. Yeah. Um, what of his weaknesses and bad work? I think we all know what his yeah, bad Warcraft. work is. Warcraft. Warcraft. <laughs> yep. Um, I think the reason. Do you do you have a theory as to why that didn't work the way? It oh, did? I think that that he was miscast. He was miscast. I don't think physically he was right for the role. I don't know what he's going to work for, with the material with. Like I don't know. What I mean, is, that's yeah. also a big thing. Like, <laughs> also, like, his style of acting is so unsuited to the material. Yeah. As bad yeah. as the movie is, if you put a different actor in there. It, Probably would have worked better. Yeah. Definitely. Even with the same lines, the same shots, the same costumes, the same ridiculous plotting. Um, I think someone like a less quote unquote serious actor, or at least someone approaching it like how Rafe Fiennes did Voldemort. Yeah. Would mm-hmm. have done a better job, I reckon. Because Rafe Fiennes doesn't do that, doesn't do like the hard in, kind of work like that. Uh, he does, but yeah. he approaches he approaches it like a Shakespearean because he's trained from Rada, so... He's trained from. He's trained in England. He's English. Yeah. Trained in Shakespeare. That, so he approaches it like that, as opposed yeah. to Ben Foster. Seems to me to come from a very um, American style of performance, and maybe actually a British style would have worked much better yeah. for Cad. It's not Cadgar. Who's uh, the Medivh? Medivh. Yeah, that one. It feels. Yeah. Oh, it's just so it, ridiculous. Who would have been a good Medivh? I remember what, what was I re watching that? I think it was like here when Zane was watching it for like second take or something like that. And I'm just like, oh God, it's not good. And I wanted to like that so bad because of Ben Foster and because of Duncan Jones. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think X-Men 3 is also potentially not a great performance, yeah. but that's not to do with him. That's literally He's because in he it. has nothing to do in uh, it. He, he flies he at one point. jumps out a window and flies and he's then he saves his dad. He's still attractive in it. But, yeah, he doesn't, he, <laughs> he doesn't, has like, he's so arbitrary to that whole Yeah, he doesn't have movie. Not that being said, I did like the, movie. that he got like the, is the opening scene him as the kid cutting off yeah. his wings? No, yeah. uh, it wasn't him though. No, 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 like it's yeah. the younger kid. But in terms of the character, yeah. I thought that was a really compelling scene. That was the best scene. thing like a really shocking scene to put in an X-Men movie, a kid mutilating themselves. Yeah, except like he really didn't have a payoff for it. No, no, he never did. Which is the most heartbreaking thing, isn't it? Yeah, and he's one of my favourite characters from the X-Men comics, actually, Mm, especially Ultimate X-Men. I think he's quite uh, interesting. I hate when he goes blue when he joins Apocalypse. When he goes Archangel. Yeah, Yeah, Archangel. Because then he goes, then he turns back human and has feathered wings, but he's still blue. And I'm like, this is a dumb thing. It's just weird. (laughs) Um, uh, so what would you like to see him play in the future? <laughs> more Warcraft, more wizards. <laughs> just the only ones more wizards. He'd do really great in like a suburban wizard fantasy thing. Oh, yeah. He just wouldn't do good in like Lord of the Rings. No. Yeah, he needs really grounded performances. Like something, even like a grounded comedy, like him as like a money launderer or something. In like, Ooh, like I do like want to just say that he's in a movie called Medieval <laughs> and he's the main character. I'm looking up photos now. Keep talking. Um, I'd really like to see him return to comedy, actually, because he yeah. hasn't really done it. Although I, I suspect with his career trajectory, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which, could you imagine him him and, like, Jesse Plemons or something in, like, a grounded, like, comedy? He would have done really great game. in that kind of, you know, game Jesse Plemons in Game Night. Yeah. Like, that kind yeah. of yeah. would have been perfect for yeah. a Ben Foster type as mm-hmm. well. Um, I haven't seen, I have to say, I haven't seen Ben Foster in Six Feet Under. He's a 
mm. recurring character in that. Uh, there's a movie called Three Tender Yuma, which is a western with Russell Crowe. Yeah, he's it's supposed true. to be really good. I haven't seen it. Um, and The Messenger, which is a movie with Woody Harrelson about, and they're the ones who, you know how like when someone dies in the army overseas then mm-hmm. the people have to go to the house and say your, your husband or your yeah. son's dead? Yep. It's him and Woody Harrelson and they have to go and do that. Oh, wow. And so it's like a drama, but it's like a, you know, an, an intense kind of, army thing so I, I there is still a lot of range to him that i have yet to actually witness but i really think he's long overdue for an oscar nomination of some kind he hasn't i know he need i guess to do that you have to do the shitty oscar bait movie and he doesn't seem like the kind to set the closest he's gotten is actually leave no trace but he's never mm. going to get a nomination for that because there's too many obvious oscar choices for that one to kind of really get anywhere i do want to say sorry i'm just looking at the pictures from medieval of ben foster and i can't actually tell which one's many uh which one is ben foster but i think it does work in this because it's such a grimy film whereas warcraft was so like he'd do good in a ridley scott yeah movie i reckon yeah show us where it shows the picture we're just looking at this picture the front he's got blood all over his face oh yeah yeah yeah, i I think he really suits this role yeah. yeah awesome hot um, <laughs> and that and the spank bank. <laughs> it's a weird he is picture. Bleeding from the head, man. What yeah, are you man. into? Yeah, man. Uh, I want kink shame. I wonder what. I, yeah, he needs. I wonder. He should pair with someone like um, who's who's that director who who always does really good like Oscar baiting movies, but they're always like really great performances. Like a uh, it'd be great in a Tarantino movie, I reckon. Oh yeah, yeah, I can see that. But Tarantino's well. only got one left, apparently. So it's got to be a Ben Foster movie then. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's all. That's all. I guess. I think Ben Foster's criminally underrated. There's a lot of stuff I even still haven't tracked down. No, and I've seen, seen. But I kind so of really little, want to. I will always sucks. show up for him. But I've never been other than Warcraft disappointed in him. There's a straight to video. Uh, sorry, straight to TV movie called "I've Been Waiting for You" from the writer of "I Know What You Did Last Summer." Mm. The poster looks like "I Know What You Did Last Summer." I really want to see it. He's in a movie called Bang Bang You're Dead, which is like a school shooting one. That um <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, it's like a cuz he did this that was like his second film after Get Over It. He like followed up with like he do, he does these really great sort of gear changes in terms of his career. Um but it's supposed to, it's it's known cuz it came on a list. I was like looking up great movies that are under 90 minutes. Right. And this is one of those ones that everyone consistently lists. So <sighs> I've got that on my pile to watch. Oh, he's in Hostiles as well. Scott uh, Creepers. Hostiles. Hostiles. Yes, yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. I do want to see that one. I haven't I seen it yet. Either, yeah. um, I've heard I, I don't remember him in 30 Days of Night, but he's in he's that He's the well. main character of 30 Days, the main human oh, in really? 30 Days of Night. Well, that's, uh, that's pretty transformative. <laughs> I don't remember. He's in Eight in the Body Saints. Eight, oh, uh, yes. Fuck, why isn't that on my list? Okay, sorry. Um, I just. Oh, no, it is on my list. Um, so, well... I thought we'd say top five favorite Ben Foster performances and yeah. chance you go first because you've only seen five have, movies with yeah, him. Yeah. All right. So okay. my number five is going to be Warcraft for <laughs> obvious reasons. Cause I didn't have any other choices. Um, number four will be uh, X-Men, you know, <laughs> X-Men, the last, the last stand. stand. Fuck off. Uh, the third one, I'm going to say, get over it. Yeah. Um, but you know that was that was a good one. That was that was good. That one it's hilarious and amazing. Uh, Actually, that's a, that was we talked about that movie on our very first episode, the best you've never heard of. Yeah, which I encourage you to go back and listen to. Yes. It, as rough as it is, we talked about movies that we love that not a lot of people sort of know about. And Get Over It is this like one of it is my favorite teen comedy ever made. It's infinitely quotable, and Ben Foster is amazing. It's got like Ben Foster, Mila Kunis, uh, Cisco, Vitamin C, Martin Short. Colin Hanks, uh, Kirsten Dunst, 
and uh, Zoe Saldana. Like mm. it, it's. I forget Zoe Saldana's in it, right? Mm. Yeah, she's um, the black best friend. Let's be honest. <laughs> Uh, my number two is uh, I'm no, gonna no, say you're number four. The f- what? Oh no, f- f- no, you said five, oh, four, four, three. three. I, yeah, I'm at okay. two now. Is um, uh, I'm gonna say Thirty Days a Night because I've seen that movie. I legitimately don't remember it, man. I'm gonna have to watch it again. I haven't seen. That's one of the ones I haven't seen. Um, and my number one is Pandorum because I fucking love that movie. It was real good. Mm. It was. Uh, is it good? Yeah, I I, I liked it. I uh, it's a um, it's, it's a pseudo Event Horizon, from what I understand. Mm, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's loosely, loosely, loosely based on uh, Dante's Inferno. Um, oh, okay, mm-hmm. Ben Foster's character was a really interesting one, and he Did he, he play he, a, a crazy guy, guy going crazy, losing his nuts. <laughs> Probably, I assume look, so. I don't wanna. <laughs> yeah. No, no, yeah, yes, but you gotta watch the movie, and then I can say who he is. Um, but no, it it, it was it was good. Oh, cool, Josh. Me, all right. So, like I said before, it's unfortunate. I like I've noticed Ben Foster and a lot of of his more like poor choices and works. Like, like I, haven't, Punisher. I haven't seen like well, Punisher's okay. It's yeah, it's probably the best one I'm going to list off here. But um, yeah, one's the Punisher. I feel like his character is like interesting. Um, you would be able to judge it yourself as well, Shane, once you see it. Um, if you want to see it. Um, also X Men: The Last Stand. He's probably. A good choice for Warren, though he should have been given more to do. He, he looks the role. He looks the role because he's dedicated to it. He's also in an episode of My Name Is Earl, which I like. <laughs> he plays Glenn, which is a guy, a prisoner who wants to kill him. Oh, really? And he literally start. There's an, a part of the episode where he's like, they're both in solitary across from each other, and he starts digging under in the sand trying oh my to kill God. him. And I'm like, and he's a former Boy Scout in the room, so he's like playing a former Boy Scout who's in prison, which is hilarious. So that's free. Uh, for the mechanic, um, he plays across Jason oh, Statham yeah. in the movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, understand Jason Statham's flat gruffness, and then Ben Foster's elevating that with his yeah. like grounded. Uh, I believe he's like a drug addict or something in the movie as well. And my last one should be Lone Survivor because he plays. I think he's a soldier in that again as well. I still haven't seen that because I really hate Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> yeah, Mark Wahlberg's rough. Yeah, he's one of the main soldiers, and I f- believe he. I don't know. I can't remember if he dies early or not. But I just remember. <laughs> I was going to say he up. definitely dies in the movie. Yeah, he definitely it's dies. Lone Survivor. Yeah, he definitely dies, but I think he dies early. But I like that performance too, and I really want to see Hell or High Water. And probably the ones on your list. It's weird that I haven't choose. actually listed. I'll put that in honorable mention is Hell or High Water. I, yeah. I didn't love the movie the way every single other person who watched that movie loved it. So I know that's I'll just judge me. Because it's like Taylor Sheridan, right? Taylor Sheridan wrote, wrote, wrote um, it. Did he write it? I think he wrote and directed okay. as well. But uh, it's good. And ben, ben, it's a very grounded role for Ben Foster. I believe mm-hmm. he's like one of the cops chasing after. Oh, no, he's a... He's, isn't he Chris the, Pine and yeah, him so the bandits? Him, yeah, yeah. They're, they're yeah. brothers who were like bank robbers. Um, yeah, uh, it's a very good performance. Uh, but so my number five is 360, which is him playing sort of a recovering yep. uh, sex offender. Uh, and Let's it's a really, because that, I mean, can you imagine being told you're playing that? Like, how the fuck do you do that? while not trying to be like, oh, let's have sympathy for them. And he manages that line exceedingly well uh, because you don't, you're not like, oh, he's a good person, but you're also like seeing more than just a single layer of a character. Can you imagine prepping for that as well as as an actor? That'd be rough. rough. Um, But it's a very good movie, very worth watching. And number four is Ain't Them Body Saints. Mm -hmm. And this one he plays the cop because this is a Bonnie and Clyde one and I'm pretty sure he's the cop chasing Bonnie and Clyde. Um, this is a great role. Really good movie. Um, if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. It's David Lowry who did 
a ghost story and, and Pete's was, Dragon and Pete's Dragon mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. what's the other one? Can't remember. Oh, the uh, Strange Angel, the TV show, which I haven't yeah. watched yet. But uh, and it's sort of like a Bonnie and Clyde esque tale yeah. with Rooney Mara and Casey Affleck, and it's beautifully shot. And Ben Foster's brilliant in it. Even though it's a, again, it's a supporting role, but he does a really good job in that. Uh, number three is the program. Mm-hmm. Cool. I don't love the movie, but his performance is exceptional, and he yeah. really elevates the material purely with the work he's putting into it because mm-hmm. even the, the writing didn't grab me the cinematography really didn't grab me that none of that sort of grabbed me but ben foster was really engaging to watch i think this was one of his strongest performances yep. number two is get over it yeah um <laughs> to be the lead in a teen comedy at that age when you were like a nobody is kind of really cool and to be that good in it as well mm. and be such a what was it, the year as a list sorry 2000 and so he's maintaining oh, so he a tone like of yeah, yeah he's yeah. maintaining a tone of that whole movie is a really escalated ridiculous tone and he's yeah. fitting that tone while still being the quote unquote straight man in it all mm-hmm. which yeah. is a really hard thing to do because your instinct is to either go too far one way or too far mm-hmm. the other way and he had those instincts to begin with um and I love that movie and the number one uh, is Leave No Trace I genuinely think this is one of his best performances of, of all time because it's Big and little at the same time. It's very nuanced. It's very complicated. He's doing a, and and it's one of those ones where it, it, a lot of it is the performance because the dial the character's not saying what he's thinking because he's mm-hmm. like a PTSD sufferer and all this kind of stuff. Um, and the work that he did with that young actress, like the performance, like a lot of people rave about a lot of things in that movie. I think the strongest part of that movie is the performances. Um, and th- and it's probably his best. Work. I really want to see what he does next, just because. I'll just show up for anything he does. Um, so, yeah, so that's pretty much it we've got for Ben Foster, underrated. Uh, if you like Ben Foster, let us know. If you like, if there's an actor you want us to look into their careers of, send us a message. We're on uh, social media at the Mighty Motion Picture Rangers. We're on social, we're on Twitter and Instagram at Picture Rangers. You can find us on, you can email us even at motionpicturerangers at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at Shane M underscore Anderson. And oh, sorry, and letterboxed at 24 <laughs> frames. Um, you can find me on Twitter at that Sundance KD or caps at letterboxd at Joshua Grigg and at TV time at that Sundance Kid. You can find me on Instagram at the Chancellor. And hey, do you know what a really <laughs> underrated ben well, fun Foster. fact? Fun fact, it was uh strongly inspired by um, and almost unintentionally, I didn't realize until oh, right. I, I watched Get Over It. Because I didn't use Get Over it as I I I told some of the actors to watch certain bits, yeah. But I hadn't seen it for a while, and then I was like, I after I'd made Raycon Hell, and I put on Get Over It to watch, and I was like, oh shit, I ripped off everything from this <laughs> fucking movie. So hey, if you like Ben Foster in. Uh... Get over it, then you'll love Red Curtain Hell, available on Vimeo On Demand. That's vimeo.com slash on demand slash Red Curtain Hell. Use the code Picture and you just get 20% off your purchase or rental. Thank you guys so much for listening and tune in next week for another exciting and amazing episode. We'll see you then. See, tune in works. And he, check he, out Ben Foster and Becca. Yeah, he was, he was my favorite. Becca, Becca Foster. Becca Foster, yeah. Becca. Bork, bork, hello. Bork, bork, hi.
I know what you need to be doing. You need to be listening to the Floof and Popper podcast. I'm Mel. I'm Taylor. And we're going to talk about all things dogs. Dog stories, dog breeds, dog tips and tricks, dog puns, dog jokes. Dog everything. out if you're not listening. Uh, hit us up at the Floof and Popper podcast wherever you get your podcast. Tune in. Uh, that's not kind of productions podcast. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.